have you, Daryl, have you listened to any of this podcast? Yet? I, this one I have not. No. All, right, all right. So it's a new I day. haven't listened either. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? You haven't listened? All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Let me give you each one of these. Keep it turned down. Tom knows the drill. So we it's like a quiz. It's we start off with a quiz. So uh, and we change it up and I think that we're gonna let our guest choose today. You have three options of how this quiz can go. I can give you five random facts about this plant before you guess. You could ask five yes or no questions, or you can ask five questions. Tom knows the format, mm-hmm. like it's it's a pretty set format of what information we provide. Okay. So you get to pick. I'm going to let you pick. So do you want me to give five random facts? Do you want to ask five uh, questions? How obscure are the plants? I Well, they're native yeah. to the United <laughs> States. So that, yeah, that cuts down a list of what, 30,000 or so? Yeah. yeah. All right. To the United States or New Jersey? You can, you can ask Tom for, you know, phone States. a friend. Yeah. yeah. Like what – you can ask Tom which, which direction you think you should go. Can we – don't do, don't do the yes or no. Either you ask five questions. I was thinking either ask or get. You want to switch uh, it up for the how many plants are we doing? Well, you're going to do a whole week with us, so four four episodes. So four. Let's do two and two. All right. Which what do you want to let's, do today? Let's let's start with um, you give me facts. Oh, all right, Tom. You would not have picked that, would you? I'm fine with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I'm supposed to write down what I think it is? No. Well, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you what you think it is. All right. So it is an herbaceous forb of the Asteraceae family, which includes coneflower, fleabane, aster, yarrow, mm-hmm. All right. and others. It gets two to three foot tall. I don't think that's debatable. Okay. I think that's, that's pretty accurate. Fran sometimes exaggerates or, or diminishes the heights of plants from what they actually are. Uh, its native range is from Maine to Florida, west to Texas, and north to Wisconsin. Uh, let's see here. It is the state flower of Maryland. And its wetland indicator status is facultative. There are your five clues. Okay. You can each have separate guesses. You don't have to agree. Although with Kelly Gill, I tried to get you to both have to agree on a plant. Yeah. But you can yeah. each give a separate guess. So, Daryl, do you have any thoughts? It's I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to go. See, that's the problem when yeah. I give you the clues. I'm not going to give it away. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with. If I could Google State yeah. Flower of Maryland, I'd have the answer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have the answer. I'm trying to think of what's. I, I'm going to go with. Rebecca Fulgida. Okay. Which is, I call orange coneflower, but I think you call it black eyed Susan. You know, I think more in the ornamental, tra- like to me, when before I started working here, to me, a traditional black eyed Susan was Rudabecchia Fulgida, but I know native plant wise name Rudabecchia herta is is Fulgida. I mean, Rudabecchia herta is black eyed Susan, yeah. and Rudabecchia Fulgida is orange coneflower. I think that's, well, take that aside i mean that's the reason why we should be paying attention to latin names exactly because everyone's it's a nickname so everyone's going to call it something different and depends on where you are so what's your guess 
I, I was going echinacea, kind of, because I was thinking state flower of Maryland, um, right. the Forbes, um, the two to three foot tall. That that native range is okay. pretty wide. I don't. I'm concerned about the Florida part because I think that might be too hot and humid for it. But I'm not a. All right. Shot is in the dark. Is that your final guess? Sure. All right. Daryl Kabeski guesses Echinacea purpurea, uh, coneflower. <laughs> Tom Knezek guesses Rudbeckia fulgida, orange coneflower. I've, <laughs> I've had a lot of practice with this. <laughs> this is what it is. All right. You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. I am Fran. And I'm Tom. And today we're joined by someone new. So yes. uh, Introduce yourself. Daryl Kabeski from Sunset Farmstead. And Daryl's been a guest on Native Plants Healthy Planet before. So thank you for coming in and joining us today. So, And, and Daryl is, uh, we didn't give him any idea of what we're doing. No, <laughs> so, we just sat him down and started recording. So, so Daryl, now that you sheet, can turn paper, your... or sheet of paper Fran gave you, you can actually turn over because it kind of gives you some... Some of the stuff he just talked about. All right, and so keep the bottom end folded because that's going to be a quiz for later in the in, okay. in the show. So today's plant is Rudbeckia fulgida, orange coneflower, and we're going to talk about this plant a little bit more in full. Thomas or, or, or Daryl, is there anywhere you'd like to start? I know you're yeah. both obviously very familiar yeah, with it's this a, plant. it's a really cool plant. I didn't know that it was native to that wide of a range. Either um, did I. And I also didn't know it was a state flower in Maryland. But the two to three foot, that's where I've seen that plant really fill in that. I that figured, I've, it tends to be smaller and compact. If if I were on the other end of this and I had to guess, it would have been one or the two. But I don't know. Like, And we've discussed this before. I think echinacea is basically inventive here. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It could still be the state flower of Maryland yeah. even though it's inventive. Yeah. I think we've we've concluded yeah. that but i know why you chose this plant for our guest today but we're gonna save that towards the end because i know that's, <laughs> that's part of it but i guess let's start with the flower because like we said it's all one of the common names that we refer to it by is is orange cone flower uh, i know daryl refers to it by black-eyed susan describe that flower and then maybe why it gets that name it's still a black-eyed susan flower it's it's like orange to yellow in in color it's a two-inch bloom and it does have the black center. So much like Rutabecchia herta, which is traditionally called mm-hmm. black-eyed Susan, but I, I, to me this is a cleaner plant than Rutabecchia herta and longer lived. Uh, and I guess it's a little more orange in color. I'm the colorblind guy, so <laughs> it's hard for me to assess that. What do you think, Daryl? I, I, I don't see the, see the orange as much as maybe other yeah. people do. Mm-hmm. I still think it's, it's, it's a pretty yellow um, I always wondered why it was orange coneflower because I think it looks pretty yellow as well. Yeah. But I've yeah. seen pictures where it looks, I don't want to say orange, but orangey yellow. Like yeah. if you went and got an almost like a grapefruit yep. color, yeah. it's instead of like an orange color, like you go to the grocery store, you know what a grape, it's not quite bright yellow, but it's not quite orange. It's somewhere in between sometimes. Yeah. But, so, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I was going to just say, I think, you know, compared to Rebecca Herta, I think Rebecca Fulgida is is more of a of a landscape a designed I, landscape plant, I would agree. something that you know a landscape contractor or, or a resident a res, you know private residence would would find and be able to to work into their garden a little bit easier 
um, yeah. because of the height and the style of the plants. Yeah, it's a true perennial where Rutabecchia herta really is a receding annual. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like to me, like if you're doing a meadow planting, that's something that's going to come up really quick from seed mm-hmm. and maybe not be long lived in that meadow. Right. And it has other like it does get powdery mildew, things like that. Mm-hmm. So this to me is a cleaner plant if you're going to put it in your home landscape and i had the choice between the two i'm going with this yeah. one and one of the things that i think makes it look that has that cleaner look is the foliage as well yeah i think the foliage is a big difference between those two so tell us about the foliage it, it's more of a, a a would you say medium green or dark it's not dark green but would you i don't know maybe it's a dark medium a dark a medium I, dark I, I, green. I would call it more of a dark green yeah, dark green. Where it's darker than Rubecchia hertha. That's but it, sure. it's it's more, but it's more basal foliage with stalks. I I mm-hmm. don't know if I would classify hertha that way. But this no. is really more. You get that. I don't know if you can basal foliage, not like florets, but um, you'd get a rose, similar. You'd yeah. get a rosette. You'd yeah, get like rosette. a eight to ten inch clump, and then you'd get your stalks your stalks off come of it. Up eight, you know, eighteen to 20, 30 inches. But it's a pretty dense. Uh, grouping of stalks too like you get like a lot of flowers and mm-hmm. and it's a long bloom time it's going to bloom from july all the way through october so it's and it, it it's very receptive to cutting back and and uh if you deadhead you're going to get multiple blooms so you you get a very long bloom time makes a great dried uh or cut flower if you're going to cut mm-hmm. it and bring it into your house it's something that you cut it's going to promote more blooms and, and you're going to enjoy them more in ways than one. Preferably, you're leaving it for the pollinators and the well, insects. And but. I think this is a plant where, especially when they thrive, you can do both. There's plenty there for pollinators and insects, and you can take it inside and make some beautiful bouquets. I know yeah. that's what we've done at home, and it works out really, really well because those flowers can or those plants can get loaded with with flowers where yeah. you don't see the foliage anymore. You just see the flowers. Exactly. So, it's also good leaving it up all year. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got stands of it in my garden and the amount of birds that kind of flutter through it. And it's also just protection for, mm-hmm. for animals through the wintertime and, and also, um, you know, insect larvae and things like that. That's a, it's a huge component totally. if you leave it up all year. Uh, totally. Maybe we should yeah. touch on that. And I was going to say, since we're leading into it, why don't we talk about some of the wildlife benefits of this plant? So songbirds definitely eat the seeds. So like Daryl mentioned, if you're leaving the stalks up throughout the winters, you're going to get things like maybe goldfinches landing on them uh, and eating the seeds over the winter. Can I eat the seeds? Uh no, okay. no, no, you can't. The seeds are actually poisonous to humans, so more for more for the wildlife. Um, and the plant is, itself is actually toxic to cattle and horses. So if, if you have a horse stable, probably not the best thing to plant around the, uh, the stable. But as far as other wildlife value, um, it, it does really provide special value to, to native bees. They have a good evolutionary relationship with that plant. Uh, small butterflies, skippers, uh, pollinating flies, beetles, they all seek the nectar and pollen from the flowers. So there's a lot of great value there. Caterpillars with several moths feed on the foliage and flowers. So this is one of those plants when you see holes in the foliage, do not despair. You're, you're providing to the food web. This is what you want that plant to, to provide. So it's, it's a lot of great great value in that respect mm-hmm. you're, you're you're providing a good source throughout a good portion of the year late into the fall when other things are hard to get for, mm-hmm. for some of these yeah. pollinators so if i wanted to plant this plant in my garden am i what kind of light conditions am i looking at soil conditions wet dry 
lay that uh, out for me. Well, it's facultative, which means 33 to 66% of the time in, it's found in nature's and wetlands. But that also means half the time it's not. So uh, it, it, it likes a full sun, can tolerate a part shade. Part shade to me is when you start getting like lanky blooms or, or not uh, as heavy bloom time. Uh, very adaptive to clay soils, alkaline or acidic pH or gravelly soil. It can take a lot of soil conditions. Um, and it does have a uh, – how do you – rhizomatous? Rhizomatous root system. So it, it does produce stolons. Uh, even though it's clumping, it can spread. Like you'll see it come up. Mm-hmm. Like if you plant one, you're going to have more than one plant. Yeah. Now – you mentioned Rebecca Hertha is fairly short-lived. If I plant this, is this going to go away in like two, three years? Or No, you should get 10, 15 years out of this plant easy. Um, I think it does – it's not without its issues in the garden. It, it is subject to powdery mildew. I don't think it's bad as Hertha. Uh, bacterial and fungal leaf spots, stem rot, downy mildew, fungal rust. But to me, that's the pretty common threats in most – I most think I think a lot of those things you just talked about are, are environmental – so yep. if you have a, if we have one of those really hot, humid summers, you're going to see those fungal leaf spots and stuff yep. more than you are if if we have a drier summer, or even if you plant it where you've got more more airflow to, to kind of solve yep. that problem. You, you get a wetter spring, you might see that, or a wetter summer, some of that powdery mildew. It's it, you know, it's I think we always preach right plant for the right place, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if you're following its premier, like a lot of these can handle. A lot of conditions, but there's a preferable condition they like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you start stretching that is when you start getting some of those environmental factors. Yeah. I would just add for, for both the, the wetness and the sun shade, if you've, got a, if you've got a pick, if you can get the morning shade and the afternoon sun, you're going to have a plant that's getting more of what it wants, and it wants some of that hotter sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be better for it. And in the wetness, you know – I haven't seen much in the lines of Rebecca Fulgida that really likes having a wet crown. It can take some wet feet, but but once you get that crown wet, especially this time of year, it, it it's almost a recipe. Yeah. It can be a recipe for disaster if it doesn't dry out or doesn't drop below that crown pretty quickly. That's great advice. Actually, speaking of device, uh, advice, since you are by trade a landscape architect, how would you use this plant in a home garden? Um, I would definitely use it kind of middle of a border, middle of a, mm-hmm. of a perennial bed, um, mm-hmm. definitely planting it in mass and, mm-hmm. and when and where I could, I, I, I look at it, look at Rebecca a lot of times as a companion plant with echinacea. Some yeah. of the, some of the similar insects and songbirds and things like that kind of participate on both of them and echinacea can be tall, um, and, and can kind of need a little bit of help standing up. Okay. So if you use... You know, Rebecca Fulgida with it, you can you can get keep those flowers of the echinacea up, and you don't have to see all you don't always see the foliage of echinacea. That's so. great advice. Yeah, great that, advice. that just highlights the poor garden design I use. Where I use <laughs> echinacea to hold up echinacea. <laughs> it didn't work. <clears throat> all right, I have one last fact before we we kick into our next quiz, and I know I typically include this in the quiz, but because I know it's subjective, I thought I would just throw out there that Rudabecchia symbolically symbolizes encouragement and motivation. Yeah. We're going to have to hand out a lot of Rudbeckia folded of flowers to, to employees this year, aren't we? <laughs> All right. So there's an area of your, your paper that's folded under. Keep it folded under. So the 
this part of the show, I am going to give you four factual statements and one lie, and you each have to guess which is the lie. Out are of the, these are statements. they about Rebecca Fulgida? They're all about Re- – yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, they are about Rebecca Fulgida. So four facts, one fake news. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Rutabecchia were used by early North American settlers as a diuretic and a stimulant, much like most other native plants. Yeah. Um, it is also believed that the Potawatomi – Indians made tea from the roots to relieve cold symptoms, and I apologize if I butchered that name. Patawatomi? Patawatomi. Uh, Studies have found that black-eyed Susan had antibacterial effects against the germ that caused tuberculosis. You can make a root infusion or tea and soak a cloth in it to apply to minor cuts, sores, scrapes, or swelling. The specific epithet fulgida means orange. Those are your five. Interesting. Or I have I have a hunch. Okay. Um, just it doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. And I don't I don't think fulgida means orange, but I don't know Latin. It just okay. I don't. I can't see the original arrive. Latin speakers yeah, <laughs> saying, yeah. oh, this means I don't orange. know. But, uh, yeah, that's that would be my guess. Okay. Daryl, does anything stand out to you? I, I was thinking the orange or the, the soaked towel or something. Okay. All right. I, those were my two because yeah. b- being that the – the seeds are poisonous and it felt uh, – you said like open wound yeah. or something. I kind of – was putting those yeah. things. I, I don't know. Well, you can agree with Tom. Yeah. It's there's nothing wrong with that. Or if you want to go on your own, you don't the have the biggest to. one that sticks out to me is 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 different from all the other yeah. ones. Is that you know Fulgida does not mean orange. Mm-hmm. But. Okay, all right. Well, let's go with that. So Tom and Daryl both agree that specific epithet Fulgida means orange is fake news. That is that is correct. Yeah. Fulgida actually means shining or glistening. Interesting, yeah. So how it got orange coneflower, I have not yeah. been able to find. And I'll say the, the Native American tribe you're referring to, I took a peek. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I wonder which one he's talking about. Potawatomi. Potawatomi, thank and you. I, I'm, uh, I right. was going to – I don't think that's actually the case. I forget which um, – Robin Wall Kimmerer from Author uh, Braiding Sweetgrass. I, I don't remember what tribe she originated from, but it might I, have been that. I, 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 I don't remember. I'm probably misremembering, but so. I'm going to have to look that up. But it's a good episode. Uh, that's uh, – my, our Monday episode for Native Plant Every Day. Daryl's going to uh, yeah. join us for the rest of the week. So, I guess, But quickly, would yeah. you put it oh, in your garden? thank you. Yes. I almost forgot. Would right. you put this plant in your garden? It's in my garden. So right. I guess the answer is yes. <laughs> How about you, Tom? Uh, it's also in my garden, but I had it in a really shady spot, and it died out pretty quick. Oh. So if if you put it in the wrong spot, like don't do right plant, right place, then, uh, yeah, you're asking for trouble. If you include my childhood home i've lived four places and i've had it planted at all four places so yeah definitely it's uh it's definitely a highlight to me when that starts blooming like i look forward to that uh every year so we it's nice to see that all three of us would put it in the yard so wonderful all right that's our monday episode daryl thank you we'll see everyone again tomorrow until then keep it native thank you for listening to a native plant every day with tom and fran 
Hey everyone, this is Fran. And Tom. And we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.